This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Praise God. Today I want to talk to you that uh, title of my sermon is God. You know, we've been on a series, God is for me. And so God is for you. So I kind of took the title from that, God is for my healing. So God is for your healing this morning. And I think that uh, a lot of Christians and, you know, uh, they're not too sure when they get attacked with sickness. If, if, if God is, is allowing that sickness on them to teach them something or if God is behind that sickness and, and maybe there's some kind of redeeming element that God wants to do in our life through that sickness. And, uh, you know, the Bible says that God chastises us by the word. And not by sickness. Amen. Amen. And it's the word of God that reveals truth to each one of us. And, but there's a lot of people that believe that, that, that they're not too sure. Even when they pray, they, they may not see instant results. And they may think, well, maybe it's, it's God's will. But I'm going to teach you this morning that it's God's will for you to walk in divine health. Amen. It is God's will for you to be healed. In, the, in, in Luke 5... Uh, verse 12 through 13. This is an amazing account right here. And uh, let's just start reading it. It says, And it happened when he, and this is talking about Jesus, was in a certain city, that behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus. And he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. This is an amazing story here. Then he put out his hand, Jesus put out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing be cleansed immediately. The leprosy left him. Glory to God. So we see here in this account here that this leper here that was basically an outcast uh, in society and, uh, you know, he he was someone that nobody wanted to come close to. And uh, he, he, he had faith and believed that Jesus could do something or he wouldn't have went to Jesus. And I'm going to say this today. You must have faith this morning that Jesus can do the impossible in your lives. You must have faith here. And so, and so he, he, out of faith, because... Through this process of my teaching this morning, I'm going to talk to you that, that it's not all on God if you're going to get healed. Oh, I'm preaching today. Some people think it's all God. If you're going to be blessed financially, it's all God. He's just going to drop that check of thousand. It's all. No, no, you might have to do something. I, I believe my sister that got blessed was believing God for some blessings. So God, what God does, he operates through faith. And we have to understand that. So it took faith. So it always takes faith to, to pray, to knock on the door of heaven, to, to believe God, that God's going to do some things in our lives or in our family's lives. It takes faith. It took faith for this, for this uh, leper to, to, to break out of you know, being in that community, they would have a community. They weren't allowed to go mix. And he broke out of that and he sought out Jesus. 
And he asked Jesus, if it will, if it's your will, will you heal me? And Jesus said, I am willing. Jesus is willing. God is always willing to do the impossible in our lives. But do you believe that? Do you really truly believe that God is willing to bless you beyond all measure? You must believe. And so we see this, that, that, that Jesus not only healed him, but he touched him. And I'm telling you, your faith can cause Jesus to touch you in the darkest place of your life. Your faith can cause Jesus to bless you in the worst times of your life. And so we see this, and I'm going to say this, in this account, that man could represent any one of us. And that man does represent each one of us because here, uh, I like what Romans 2.11 says, is that it actually says that God is not a respecter of persons. So God just doesn't just pick certain people out to bless, glory to God. In other words, we're all on an equal playing field. We're all equal with God, amen? So God blesses us not according to him handpicking us for, to be blessed, but it's according to our faith in him. By faith. By faith. And so in Romans 2.11, the Amplified says, For God shows no partiality, no arbitrary favoritism. With him, one person not more important than the other. This is the Amplified. So that, that's amazing to me because... Because that tells me that nobody has the corner of the market of God's supernatural grace on their life. In other words, that's telling me that everybody can partake of the grace of God in their life. Everybody. And this man was able to, uh, to uh, receive from Jesus because he was willing. And I'm going to say this, God is always willing to bless you. He's always willing to to go the extra mile for you. And so Jesus is still healing today. In other words, healing has not passed away. As some will preach and some churches will preach that healing has passed away with the apostles. And some, and there's a lot of people that believe that and they buy into this idea, but there's no scripture or verse that can corroborate that. So if there's a scripture and verse that you can find, then I, then I will say, I believe that. But if there's no scripture or verse for it, but it's just, you know, a traditions of men to try to explain why some people seem not to get healed and why some people do get healed. So they put the, they, they, they say, well, you know, or, or they, they believe in doctors or the ones that that causes the healing doctors. Thank God for them. I'm all for doctors and nurses, but, but, but I, I would stand even with the greater physician, the great physician. And where the doctors can't do anything for you, God can. They're limited. They can only do so much as medical science allows them to. But God is unlimited. The doctors may tell you, this is all we can do. But God will never tell you, this is all I can do. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So you must believe that, that healing, 
that God's healing power is still resident today. See, in Hebrews 13, 8, it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What is that saying? That's saying that that Jesus is not the the, the God of I was. (laughs) He's the God of I am. He's He's the I am God. I am for you today. I am for your healing today. I am for your miracle today. It's, he's, a, he's a today God. He's not a yesterday God. We can glean from the blessings of yesterday, but we can't live in the blessings of yesterday. God wants us walking in the blessings of today. We, we can reminisce about the blessings of last year, but we need to start walking in the blessings of this year. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, keep believing. Keep believing. believing. A lot of Christians, and I'm talking about millions of Christians, believe whatever happens, good or bad, is the divine will of God for them. Millions of Christians uh, believe that, 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 that whatever happens in their life, good or bad, I'm going to say it again, It's God's divine will. No matter what happens, God is in control. That's that's kind of the the, the slogan that they use. God is in control. So if if something bad is happening in your life, God is in control of it. And I will say that 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 is a misnomer. That is a fallacy. It doesn't go with the word of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Because Because it doesn't take into account... Of, of people's sin, people's error, amen, and the devil. Because people, people make mistakes, people sin, amen, and the devil will attack. So, so, so when you say God is, is actually, he's, he's ordaining everything that happens in our life, that's not really true. And it goes on the basics is that God is all-knowing, all, all omnipotent, all powerful. He knows everything, and that's true. He can do anything. That's true. But God gives us power in our lives to make choices. And so when we make the right choices for God, then God can work with those choices. If we make the wrong choices, then the devil operates on that side, and he works with those choices. And then sometimes we can make the right choices, but the enemy will still attack us. The devil will still come against us when we're doing the right things. Amen. Can I get a witness in the house today? So we got to understand this, that there's two spiritual forces working on this planet. Amen. There's, there's, there's God, the spiritual force of good, and then there's the devil, the spirit spiritual force of evil or bad, amen? There's two spiritual forces operating. And we know this for a fact in my favorite scripture is John 10.10. And Jesus says it this way, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. And I have come that they may have life and have that, they, they may have it more abundantly. So we see here that this is what some people will call the dividing line of the Bible. 
This actually separates the idea that God is doing everything. See, in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, Job thought everything was coming from God. They didn't have an understanding of the devil. They didn't understand that the devil was operating. Job, Job, Job said, you know, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And, you know, I, and, and we sing songs about that. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. The Lord giveth and the devil taketh away. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? It's the devil that's trying to steal, kill, and, and destroy our lives. Job didn't have an understanding of that. And so he didn't have, he wasn't privy to, to what was going on behind the scenes. But thank God we know that there is a devil out here. Trying to destroy our lives. Glory to God. So you've got to get a revelation of God's will for your life. And if you can understand God's will, then you will understand his plan for your life. And his will is good, always good. In Romans 12, 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Notice it says here that we need to be transformed to the renewing of our mind. The problem with a lot of Christians, and I'm not talking about this group, but a lot of Christians just believe what they hear the minister preach, but they don't read their Bible and check up on the minister. Amen. 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 Lots of Christians don't bring their Bible to church. Thank God we have the scriptures on up there, so you don't have to bring it, praise God. But uh, this, this will definitely make you lazy, glory to God. Amen. And, uh, but the bottom line is, 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 that, is that, God's, that God wants us getting into his word. He doesn't want us to be conformed to the world or be conformed to religious tradition, but he wants us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may what? That we may prove. So you have to prove out the will of God in your life. The good, acceptable, perfect will of God. And there's millions of Christians that don't even know what the will of God is. And so if you don't know God's will, then how can you partake of his blessings and his promises in your life? You can't take it. You can't receive it if you don't know the will of God in your life. You've, just like if you got hired for a job and they said they were going to pay you, glory to God, every week, uh, then you can, you, know, you can expect you know, that paycheck coming if they said every Friday that it will come. Amen. You don't have to doubt or, oh, I wonder if they're going to give, get, pay me. Have you ever got a job and ever wondered, oh, I wonder if they're going to pay me, unless it's a bad job or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, you normally get paid. I, I've always got paid in my jobs. If they told me they were going to pay me on Friday, they've always paid me. I never had to worry or wonder. Amen. If, if it's a good company, of course. Amen. And so, and so you don't have to worry about God blessing you. If God says he will bless you, he will bless you. So we have to, we have to renew our minds to the goodness of God, to his good, acceptable, and his perfect will. And his perfect will is divine health for each one of you. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 and 4, it says, For this is the will of God, 
Notice that this is the will of God, that, you sanct- that your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. So these are keys. If, we're, if we don't understand it's the will of God to live a clean life, amen, to, to control our bodies, amen, and if we're out there doing things that aren't right, then that could open the door for the devil to operate in our lives. We have a person, and I'm not going to give names, but it would call our church, would call us and ask for prayer. And they would do this, you know, maybe once a month or whatever. And, and, and they used to attend our church. I don't think they're attending a church right now. And we try to try to get them to come to church. But they want a prayer. They say, Pastor, uh, and they would be talking to Yen, uh, pray that I don't have any sexual transmitted diseases. I'm going to the doctor. But pray that I don't have any. And then Yen would say, well, are you doing something that you're not supposed to be doing? <laughs> And she said, well, yes, I'm doing things that I'm not supposed to be doing. But she's believing that that prayer is going to protect her. And then we say, listen, you need not to be doing it. You you won't have fear of catching something. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You won't have fear. But she's out there in the world, not coming to church, but but believing that a prayer from the pastor's wife will, 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 will... will bless her and keep her from disease. Uh, she, has, she needs to start, she needs to get her life right. So the will of God is for her to be well, but if she's crossing the line, oh, I'm preaching today, and she's out there in the world doing the wrong things, then, then it's not, then she may catch something, but it's not God's will. It's not God's will. But God is merciful, and God will heal you if you repent. And what is repentance? It's, it's turning away from something and turning to something. Repentance is turning away from the world system and turning to God. In other words, you're letting go of a lifestyle that can destroy your life. And you're embracing a lifestyle that can enhance your life. See, Christianity can be considered a lifestyle as well. It's living right with God. Amen. Amen. And then in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, it says here, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, we know that there's millions of Christians on this planet but do you think they all are giving thanks in all things? <laughs> in other words, I think a lot of times, and you may even catch yourself maybe grumbling, complaining every once in a while. Have you ever been in that camp? Have you ever complained? Amen. You know, and these two keys right here, Paul talked about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and he talked about the Israelites that, uh, that committed sexual sins. And I think he said over 21,000 died in the wilderness over that. And then he said, then there were some that complained and they were destroyed of the destroyer. So not every Christian is worshiping and praising God even when it doesn't look good. A lot of us are complaining and talking about circumstances. Amen. 
And he says here, the will of God for us is to give thanks in, in all things, but not for all things. So we give thanks, amen, because God is with us. We may be in the fire, but we give thanks because Jesus is in the fire with us. Yes. Amen. We may, we, we, we may be in the lion's den, and the lions might be hungry, but we give thanks that the lions aren't going to eat us. <laughs> amen. Why? Because God can send an angel and shut the lion's mouth. And keep them from devouring you. How, do, how does he do that? You keep thanking and praising God. Giving them honor and glory. Amen. Ephesians 5.17 says it this way. Uh, it says, therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Notice that. Understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with, with the Spirit, speaking to you, to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Oh, my Lord, what is it say? Well, well, this is saying that we're not supposed to be drinking to the point where we get drunk. Amen. And then if, you, if you're drinking to the point you get drunk and you get into a car, and you get in a car accident, it wasn't God's divine will. Amen. It was your choice that you made. And that opened the door for you to get in an accident. It wasn't, well, God caused this accident so I could stop drinking. (laughs) Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? No, no, no. It's because, you know, we make wrong choices at times. And our choices can uh, reveal uh, if God's moving in our life or if the devil's moving in our life. So, so two, two reasons why Christians remain sick. Reason number one, people don't receive because they're not 100% sure it's God's will to heal them when they don't see immediate results. Maybe they feel like that they're supposed to live with it, live with that disease. They, they have a, uh, they, you know, I talked to one person one time and he said, and he was dealing with a lot of stuff in his life. He was a Christian. And he said, I've read the book of Job over and over again. And uh, he said, I have like a Job ministry. And he was really, he was, he was proud of it. But, but, but Job, you know, you know, scholars say that he only went through his, his misery through only nine months. So if Job only went through his misery for nine months, it doesn't mean you're supposed to be in it for the rest of your life. <laughs> Job only went through his process for nine months And then he got healed. And then he got prosperous. He got even more wealthy. So you're not supposed to be in your problem all your life. And this guy was proud of it. I got a Job's ministry. See, he was was more excited about Job's boils than Jesus' stripes. And sometimes we're more excited about Job's boils... I look at what's going on in my life, all the pain that I'm going through, but I'm suffering for Jesus. Amen. Amen. And some people believe in that, that, you know, that, that they're suffering for Jesus as long as they keep a good attitude in their sickness. Well, you can have a good attitude until you die, <laughs> until you're in the grave. You can have a smile on your face. Yeah, you, at least you make it to heaven. Glory to God. But God says, with long life, I will satisfy you. Am I talking to anybody today? 
and show you my salvation. So God wants to satisfy us with long life. Long life. In other words, 80 plus. Amen. 80 plus years. Glory to God. 120 is the bar that we want to hit. Glory to God. 120. Amen. And still be healthy. Abraham, of course, he lived longer than uh, 120, but he got remarried and had more kids. Hallelujah. Amen on that. So he was, he was just, he was the man. Glory to God. Abraham didn't need any Viagra back then. He had the power of God working in his life. Men, if you're married, just believe in the power of God. Can all the ladies say amen? amen? The power of God working. Amen. So people... <laughs> what is that pastor saying? I'm saying, man, it, that's healthy, man. If you're married, you should be enjoying each other all the time. Amen? Amen on that. Glory to God. It's, it's, it's ungodly not, not to... Yeah, we won't go there. Amen. I'm coming from a man's perspective. Glory to God. I think a woman's perspective as well. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Got a, got a loud amen over here. <laughs> I got some excited ladies out here. Amen. Glory to God. So I'm telling you, it's a gift. Sex is a gift. Amen. As long as it's, it's uh, in the proper setting in marriage. And it's the best gift in the world. Amen. Glory to God, or it can be one of the best gifts in the world. It's the icing on the cake. And Matthew 9, 27, 31. <laughs> Hallelujah. It says here, when Jesus departed there, two blind men followed him, crying out, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And that house was Jesus' house, by the way. It doesn't say it specifically, but we know it was. And Jesus said to them, do you... Now notice this. These are two blind men. They come into the house and and Jesus says to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? I'm talking to you about faith this morning. And and, and that it's not all on God if you're going to walk in the blessing. There's something we have to do. We have to believe. And then Jesus says, uh, do you believe I'm able to do this? Why did Jesus question them on this? Because it takes you, you, your ability to believe, to see God move. And then he says, according to your faith, notice that, not according to God's will. See, most people think, a lot of people, a lot of Christians think, it's according to God's will if I'm healed or blessed or whatever. No, it's according to your faith. So he says, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. So that's telling me what you walk in as in degree of blessing. It depends on the degree of faith that you walk in. Amen. And so he says, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. And their eyes were open and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, see that no one knows it. But when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all the country. This is interesting, too, 
that Jesus, you know, told them, Jesus was willing to heal them knowing that they weren't, were going to disobey him after he gave them a command. Think about that. Jesus has such a heart to heal, deliver, and set free. He's willing to do that knowing that you may do something wrong right after it. Is that amazing? That's the mercy and the love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So let's look at another account here in Mark 9. And this is an account where Jesus um, uh, is... Uh, Let's read. It says, then one crowd, then one in the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought your son who has a mute spirit and wherever he seizes him, throws him down and he foams at the mouth, gnashes at his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to the disciples so they could cast out, but they could not. And he answered him and said, and this is interesting how Jesus answered him. He said, oh, faithless generation. Oh, faithless, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear bear with you? Bring him to me. So Jesus equated the fact that the disciples was missing it because they lacked faith in delivering that boy. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? It wasn't about God's will, because if you read this, you would think because they didn't get the result that it was God's will for that boy not to be well or for that boy not to be delivered. But that was far from the truth. If you just looked at it on the outside, and if Jesus didn't show up, then we could have got, we could have had a teaching there that says, see, it's God's will. Not all the time people get healed. But Jesus said, oh, faithless generation. So he was really talking to his disciples. Then they brought him, the boy, to Jesus. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. And he fell on the ground, wallered, foaming at the mouth. He asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown both into the fire and the water to destroy him. Now this is interesting that Jesus asked him how long. Because it really doesn't matter how long you've been dealing with an infirmity. But Jesus was just trying to get some historical data just to find out how long has this been happening. And, and so, but it really didn't matter, Jesus, because it doesn't matter to God how long you've been dealing with a situation. God can set you free today. So he says, but if you can do, now, now the, the, the boy's uh, father says to Jesus, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Now, Jesus said to him, If you can believe, notice this, all things are possible to him who believes. So, 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 uh, the, the, the man is saying, can you do anything, Jesus? If you can do something, do something. And Jesus puts it back into his court. Can you believe? All things are possible to those who believe. Jesus could have said, well, I have the anointing to destroy the yoke of bondage and I can do it right now because it's the will of God. No, he turned it back to the man. Can you believe? And you might be dealing with something today that might seem impossible. It may may seem impossible with with the doctor's report. But the Bible says if you just have a grain, a a faith is a seed, a, a grain of a seed of a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, be removed... And be cast in the sea, and it will obey you. So you don't have to have mega faith for the mountain to, be, to obey you. All you need to have is mustard seed faith. And mustard seed faith 
just speaking to the mountain will cause that mountain to turn into a molehill. And it will end up, that molehill will be demolished in no time flat. So we see here in this, in this account, uh, Jesus uh, takes care of the boy. He casts out the, the demon out of that boy, and the boy becomes totally well. Glory to God. But, he, but, but that man said to Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. And it doesn't matter. Maybe you're dealing with doubt in your head, but if you have faith in your heart, you're going to see the results. Are you hear what I'm saying today? You can deal with doubt in your head, but if you have faith in your heart, you can see the results. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we see that. So, so uh, you know, there's stories all through the Bible where it takes faith, amen, to, uh, to appropriate the, the grace of God's healing or his blessing in our lives. Amen. You know, I think about the lady with the issue of blood. And she, and she thought to herself if she could touch the hem of Jesus' garment. And she thought to herself, and then, she, and then she went out and she touched the hem of his garment. And you know the story. Uh, Jesus turned and said, who touched me? And we see this, that, that, that the disciples said, Lord, many people are touching you. But see, there's many people in church today. There's many people watching online. There's many people. But are they receiving by faith or are they just hearing a word and they're, and, and they're, and, but, but not applying their faith to receive it? And see, these people were, were touching Jesus, but they weren't getting anything. There's lots of people in church that don't get anything. Say, I'm getting something. And so she, she, what she did, she touched Jesus with her faith. And Jesus said, you know, uh, uh, and she, you know, she, she, he looked at her and she said, Lord, I, I, she gave her the, him the whole story. And he said, daughter, your faith, not God's will, not my power, not, not the... Uh, not that, but it's your faith that has made you well. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So your faith can make you well. Amen. Your faith. So let's look at Proverbs 4.20. The reason, this is another reason that it's God's will for you to be healed is because God's word is medicine. God's word is medicine. In Proverbs 4.20-23, it says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And they are health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. So here, he's saying here, for, for God's word is life to those who find them. And health to all their flesh. And that word health can also be uh, uh, changed out because the Greek also says it's medicine to your flesh. So God's word is medicine to your flesh. So God's, why would God cause his word to be medicine to our flesh? Why would he cause it to be medicine? Because it's his will for you to be healed. So if you appropriate the word of God, then that word of God acts like medicine and will heal and deliver and set us free. 
Amen. The problem is that we may be dealing with issues, but we're not putting ample amount of time in the word so we, we can get the results that we're believing God for. What we want is we want a drive-by prayer. We want to come in, get a quick prayer, and have the pastor lay hands on us and say, that's it. And, and, and we tend to be lazy. All the pastor, he has the anointing, but you've got to have some faith too. You got to believe too. Amen. And it takes a combination of all my faith and your faith standing in agreement to see, get the job done. Amen. It takes a combination. And so it's not just on the preacher and it's not just on God. You have a hand in it. Can I get a witness today? So the word of God is, is, is in Hebrews 4.12 is living it says quick and, or living and powerful and sharper than two, any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and a discern of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So this talks about how powerful the Word of God is. The Word of God is living. It's the living Word. And the living Word, God's Word, will, his, it, has, it has life in it. And that life is in His Word. And as you put that living word in you, you will have more life. As you, as you feed on the living word of God, you will have strength in your body. You will have life. And notice it says it's sharp. Sharp than two, any two-edged sword. So the word of God can cut off whatever is negative in our life. The word of God can work like a scalpel to cut off anything that doesn't supposed to be in our life, no matter what it is. But you got to believe that. Because if you don't believe that, you're not going to be in the word. Amen. So we got to believe that, that God's word is the key. And in Proverbs 18, 41, let's just look at this. It says, a spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness, but who can bear a broken spirit? Another translation says it this way, a strong spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness. So how are you going to have a strong spirit? I'm going to say this. If you're going to sustain any sickness in your life, you better have a strong spirit. And there's lots of Christians that, that don't have strong spirits. They, they're, they're more body ruled than spirit conscience. And, and they're more, you know, they're leaning more on the natural than on the supernatural. And I'm going to say sometimes, and you will even have people that will get a doctor's report and they'll lean all and they, and they might be a Christian and they know it's God's will for them to heal. But they may just say, well, I'm going to lean on everything the doctor tells me to do and do everything that side. And, you know, but but then they're, they're leaving out the supernatural side of God. Yes, they can believe that God can bring them through treatments and, and God can do that. But can God do it the other way? Do, do you have to go through treatments? Do you have to go through the, the world? You don't. You can go the spiritual way. You've got to be led by the Spirit on all accounts in what to do. And so here, I'm going to talk, I'm going to give you four keys and I'm closing down on how to build, and it's going to be quick, on how to build a, a strong spirit to sustain any sickness in your life. Number one, you have to meditate on the Word of God. Meditate on healing scriptures if you're believing God for healing. Meditate on financial scriptures if you're believing God for, for, uh, for 
uh, blessing in your income. Meditate on relational scriptures if you need your relationships fixed. So you need to meditate on the Word of God. Joshua 1.8, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So he told Joshua to meditate on the Word of God. Joshua was an unproven leader. Joshua wasn't, was unable uh, or what, what wasn't in a place where, you know, the children of Israel was still in the wilderness. So they, didn't, they, they hadn't gotten into their promised land yet. So, so God gave Joshua a, a formula, and that formula was to meditate on the Word of God day and night. And, and, and so he said, meditate on day and night, that you may observe according to that written in it, for then you will uh, make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Notice it says this, I'm going to back up, the book of law shall not depart from where? Oh, man, I'm preaching this morning. What? I thought I just all I got to do is read the Bible silently to myself and I got faith. No, the Bible says faith comes by hearing. Not just by reading. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why it's good when you read the Bible, read it slowly. Don't don't. Speed read the Bible. Oh, I got through three chapters today, but what did you learn? Nothing. Because you speed read it. No, no, no. We need to take the Bible in, take the Word of God in, meditate on it, which means to chew on it and, 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 until it becomes what God wants you to be. Glory to God. So, so the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. So what am I what I'm saying? I'm saying that we don't want it to depart from our mouths. we got to be not, not just... Hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Amen. Amen. So we need to meditate on the word of God. In other words, we need to confess something. Confess the word of God. Number two, if you're going to build a strong spirit, you need to continue to practice the word of God. Practice the word of God. It's not just hearing the word of God, but it's doing the word of God that makes you bless. So, so you may say, Pastor, how do I practice the word of God? Well, let me just go with James. James says, do, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. James 1, and 25. Uh, deceiving yourselves, for if you're a hearer of the word and not a doer, you're like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But if you look in the perfect law of liberty and continue in it, then you're not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one is blessed in what he does. So, so James talks about that, you, that your faith is dead unless you're doing something. It's more than uh, uh, faith is it, one side of the coin is believing. The other side of the coin is action. So you've got to believe and act. And mainly everybody in, that received a miracle from Jesus, Jesus a lot of times would give them a command. And so he would give them a command. They would act and then the result would come. So uh, there was a guy that had a withered hand in church and Jesus just said, stretch it out. What if he didn't stretch it out? It would have still been withered. But it took faith for him to go, glory to God. It's healed, right? When he, t- when he would talk to the, some of the, the leopards, he would say, go. Ten leopards you know, cried out. And he would say, turn, go, show yourselves to the priest as an offering to God. And you, guess what? When they were standing there, nothing happened. But as soon as they turned... 
as soon as they started walking towards the temple, they received instantaneous healing. They obeyed an instruction. So it took faith. You could say, well, Jesus just, just healed just indiscriminately without people doing anything. No, the guy with the, with the blind eyes, he put mud on his eyes and said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. What if he didn't wash in the pool of Siloam? He may not, he may just have dirty eyes. So how are we gonna how are we gonna believe God? We we got we got to uh, exercise our faith. How do you do that? By by obeying the word of God. First uh, Peter five seven says, casting all of your cares, amplified, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, and he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. So so here, Peter is saying. That we're not supposed to worry. Jesus actually said it uh, in uh, Matthew chapter 6. He said, don't worry about what you eat, what you drink. He said, don't worry. Jesus said that a few times in that chapter. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. And then Peter says here, hey, don't have any anxieties. So if, if, if Jesus is telling us not to worry, and, and Peter's saying to us not to have any anxieties or worries or concerns, why? Because God cares about us with deep affection, and he watches over us very carefully. In other words, you've got to get to a point where if cares come in, you've got to say out of your mouth, I'm casting all my cares on you, Lord, for you careth for me. I'm not taking any fear. I'm not taking any anxiety. I'm not going to worry about this. I'm casting all my cares on you. Father, you have not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And fear will try to come in and rob us of what God has for us. Number three, we give the word of God first place. Number four, if you're going to have a, a strong spirit. In other words, make, make God's word priority in your life. Jesus said to the devil, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So we don't live by just bread alone. We don't live by, by natural substances. No, we live by the word of God. That's what we live by. That's what Jesus lived by. The word of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So in Proverbs 4.20, going back there, it says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Amen. That's, that's saying, put your... Eyes on the Word of God. Study the Word every day. Put the Word in you every day. Why? Because as Christians, we leak. We leak as Christians. In other words, you've got to keep putting in. In other words, your battery does run down every once in a while. Anybody have a cell phone in here? You, has your battery ever run down? And you've got to keep it charged up? Well, how do you, how do you keep... How do you keep charged up in the spirit? You stay in the word, stay in worship, stay in praise, hook up to God. These hands are like plugging into a socket and you're worshiping God, praising God, confessing his word, speaking his word, acting on his word. And I'm telling you, you're going to be a strong, mighty Christian. And number four, instantly obey the voice of your spirit. Your spirit is actually your conscience. You're born again spirit, so it's, your conscience 
Paul said in Acts 23.1 that, that he told the council that, that he always lived a good conscience before God to that day. In other words, you don't want to violate your conscience. And your conscience is a safe guide if you're born again. And God will lead you through your spirit, through your inward witness, and he will lead you into all truth. So if you practice these keys, you will have a strong spirit and you will be able to sustain any infirmity that comes against you. Did you receive it this morning? Glory to God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you that you are merciful and good. And I thank you, Father, that, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. And Father, your word says that today is the day of salvation. And I thank you for those that are in the audience, those watching online. And right now, Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. And he's asking to come in. And I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you just pray this simple prayer, you invite Jesus to come into your life. And he can radically change your life. Just say this and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 